Soren Kierkegaard, uh, the Danish philosopher and theologian, once uh, told a uh, powerful parable of a community of ducks who would gather in the barnyard every Sunday for uh, morning church. Uh, they would all waddle uh, uh, to the corner of the yard and stand close together as the uh, preacher ducked, duck uh, jumped up onto the barnyard fence and together they would quack out some hymns to God and they would fold their little wings together and pray and some uh, would uh, even lift their wings up uh, in the air uh, to pray. Uh, and then the preacher duck would speak. Uh, the preacher was so eloquent. He spoke very powerful words of how God had given these ducks uh, wings uh, to, uh, for the sole purpose of flying. And with this, these wings, there was nowhere that a duck couldn't go. They would soar high into the air. They could dive deep down into the valleys. They could wing their way to countless ponds and oceans where uh, they uh, could find rest there. With these wings, they could uh, soar even into the presence of God himself. And as the preacher duck uh, spoke, uh, every now and then a uh, duck would quack amen. Uh, all the, uh, all the uh, ducks were inspired by their preacher duck, and by the end of the, every service, they would clap their wings and tell him how great he was. Uh, then they would uh, all waddle back to their own corners of the barnyard. None of the ducks ever flew, Kierkegaard t uh, tells us, because the feed was plentiful and the barnyard was safe. So how often do would-be worshipers waddle their way into church on a Sunday morning only to waddle their way back home unchallenged and unchanged? Too often. I'm talking about my neighbor's church, of course. I'm not uh, talking about Ep Epworth here, so you need to understand that. Uh, and how often, how often do good people waddle their way through their work week, doing jobs responsibly, running errands, caring for the family, uh, taking the kids to uh, their scouting uh, meetings and sports events and band practice and whatever else uh, there is there, um, uh, but never really getting a sense of, or, or, or that there is a, a purpose all of this, and that there is a God beneath and above and within all of this busyness. Too often, ducks that never flew, perhaps that will be the epitaph that is placed above the grave of the people called Methodists someday, or maybe above the American Christian Church, which is very good at paying lip service to the Lordship of Christ while clinging so tenaciously uh, to the familiar safety of old habits and routines and comfort zones. The simple fact is that uh, a congregation will never take off and soar unless we're lifted by the winds of the Spirit, unless we're tossed into the air by a force so more powerful than ourselves, unless we experience the, the real, uh, holy, 
mysterious, frightening presence of the one true God. And people really can and really do have their lives turned upside down by God. We have two examples of that in our uh, scriptures uh, this morning in Isaiah and in the book of, of, of Luke. Uh, that sixth chapter of Isaiah uh, starts out in the year that King Uzziah died, there in the first verse. In the year that King Uzziah died, that's roughly like saying in the year that President Kennedy was shot. If you were around then, as I look around, probably not too many of you uh, were around then. You'd got to be over 60 years old to uh, remember that. But if you are, you uh, remember exactly where you, are, you were when you heard that uh, tragedy announced. You remember the uncertainty and the grieving and uh, the sadness and the overwhelming anxiety uh, and the rumors and the fear that was felt by so many back in those days. King Uzziah, he had reigned for 52 years, and most of them were pretty wonderful years. And during his, his years, peace and uh, prosperity prevailed. Uzziah uh, met with success in almost all of his pursuits. He had one bad spell where he did something displeasing to God and came down with a case of leprosy. Uh, but aside from that, on the whole, he was a pretty solid king. And now that he died, his throne would be turned over to Jotham, who was unproven and generally unpopular. With the good times in the land of Judah continue, everybody wondered and worried. But along waddled Isaiah, and he made his way into the temple that day. And scholars think he went in to enjoy a, a religious uh, drama that was put on every year in the temple called the Enthronement Celebration. Uh, there are references to this service in the book of Psalms in Psalm 47 and 93 and Psalms 96 through 99. We see that service described. And the service included choirs and an orchestra and a lot of instruments. And it was like going to the annual Christmas program uh, in a way, uh, put on by our music department every year. It's, it's delightful and it's inspiring. Uh, and you, nonetheless, I, I think we don't really expect uh, in coming anything to, to change um, in our life because of it, uh, to be honest. But then surprise, surprise, God shows up. This is what happened to Isaiah. Isaiah saw more than the annual celebration this time. Somehow in that service of worship, he got the deep sense that God was truly present. And he began to see things differently, to see God and his, uh, and, and his own relationship with God, seeing them differently. And somehow while the choir was singing and the instruments were playing, Isaiah just knew that God was holy was mysterious and was in charge in ways that he could never begin to imagine. God was so much bigger than he had imagined. The smallest corner of God's 
robe was as large as the temple he was sitting in. And those creatures closest to God, a certain kind of angel called a seraph, uh, responded to God by covering their face so as not to be blinded by God's holiness, by covering their nakedness and their embarrassment and by flying around doing God's work. And Isaiah responded uh, by being frightened to death, frankly, um, nearly to death. I'm in trouble. I'm lost. God is before me. God knows what kind of person I've been and uh, what I've been and done in my life. He felt very undone. And and that's pretty close to uh, Peter's response to Jesus in the story from Luke, isn't it? Peter had a life-changing experience of God, not in the temple, but while he was at work. It was a tough day on the job. We're told that in in the scripture that uh, Peter and his little uh, fishing company of uh, two boats, uh, they brought in no revenue. A whole night of fishing, not a single fish caught. And now they stood on the shore washing their nets, tired and cranky. Uh, And Jesus, the new teacher in town, asked to use his boat to help him to teach to the crowds as they sat on the the shore. And Peter obliges. Peter had crossed uh, paths with Jesus only a few days before when uh, Jesus had healed Peter's mother-in-law. And he felt sort of indebted to Jesus, I suppose. Sure, you can use my boat. Little did Peter know the plans that Jesus had in store for him. And after teaching, Jesus thanks Peter and his 